You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Sheep Spotters, hello there. Welcome to episode 47 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from Sheepspot.com, where we offer diverse hand-dyed walls and the information and support you need to make those walls into beautiful yarns. So last week, I took you through a process that you can use to figure out how you're currently spending your time and how you can squeeze in more spinning. Today, in a follow-up to that episode, so I'm thinking of this as part two, We are talking about how to harness the power of habit to spend more time spinning. Habits are these amazing things. They are the brain's way of automating how we solve problems that we encounter repeatedly. And they are really important because they free up conscious thought for solving new or very important problems. The part of the brain that we used to deal with sort of what's right in front of us can really only do one thing at a time. So habits are actually stored in a separate part of the brain. And once something becomes a habit, it's stored there and it's activated as it's needed. And we don't really have to think consciously about it at all. That's a great thing about good habits. It's also why bad habits are so hard to break In this episode, though, I'm going to assume that spinning is a good habit. That is the baseline assumption of pretty much everything that I do. So spinning is a good habit, and our spinning lives can benefit from making regular spinning a habit, just because we don't have to, you know, we don't have to make ourselves do it. It'll just become automatic. Uh, As I mentioned last week, there's a fabulous freebie for this two-episode series, which you can find at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 47. Uh, There's a guide and there are two separate worksheets. uh, And as always, they are completely free with a subscription to my newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get a reminder right to your inbox about every new podcast with links to the episode, links to a transcript of the episode, something I only make available to my newsletter subscribers, and any freebies for that episode. So you don't have to go hunting for anything. You'll just get links to everything right in your mailbox. And subscribers are also the first to hear about any big product announcements, where I'll be vending, where I'm teaching, and other cheap spot happenings. I even offer the occasional coupon code for free shipping or other discounts. So the link for this week's freebie, again, which will sign you up for the newsletter, it's sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 47. Okay, so let's get to this habit thing. If you can spin a little at the same time every day, even for a short session, Eventually, you won't have to plan to spin. You'll just spin. And what's more, your spinning habit 
will become habitual for the folks you live with as well, as long as you start off with some firm boundaries and a bit of determination. In the book Atomic Habits, which I really recommend to folks, uh, it's by a man named James Clear. And there are lots of books now about habits. There's lots of research going on on habits uh, at the moment. And I think that Atomic Habits is the most user-friendly one that I have read and draws on lots of this research. Anyway, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, explains that habits have four parts, a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. The cue triggers you to start the habit. The craving is for some change in you or in your environment, could be a change in how you're feeling. The response is the actual performance of the habit, and the reward is the satisfaction of the craving. So take brushing your teeth before bed as an example. So the cue is bedtime. The craving is for a feeling, the feeling of a clean mouth. The response is actually brushing your teeth, and the reward is the clean mouth that you craved. So uh, it's not... James Clear, but it's Charles Duhigg who wrote a book called The Power of Habits, which was kind of the first in these in this little flurry of habit books. Um, he talks about the history of pepsodent toothpaste and the fact that toothpaste wasn't really very um, popular until pepsodent decided that they were going to add peppermint oil to it. And peppermint uh, or mint oil, mint whatever. Um, I don't know what they really use in toothpaste if they actually use real peppermint oil, but mint that mint sensation that you get in your mouth after you brush your teeth is actually the thing that made toothbrushing into a habit because that tingle, which is which is actually your the skin of the inside of your mouth being a little irritated by the peppermint, which is irritating to skin. Um, that tingling actually became kind of a um, a sign for people uh, that signified to them that their teeth were clean. So, um, and and pepsodent like started flying off the shelves once they did this. Um, so toothpaste actually builds in something that kind of reinforces the habit of brushing your teeth by giving you this sort of clean, tingly, fresh mouth. So um, that's kind of the habit loop, cue, craving, response, and reward. So let's talk about ways that you can um, think about the cue part of that little um, circuit. So the easiest way to establish a new habit is to link it to one that's already established. That way, the already habitual action serves as a cue for the habit that you want to establish. So, And the more obvious the cue, the better. So I get the most spinning done when I sit down at my wheel right after dinner. It's actually not right after dinner. It's actually after I do the dishes and load the dishwasher. And that's something I do at home pretty much every night. 
There's no ambiguity to me about whether I've finished cleaning up from dinner or not. So it's a really great, obvious cue for me. And I also have noticed that I definitely get the most spinning done when my wheel is set up in my living room, which is where I do my spinning, and my fiber and my tools and everything I need are all right there ready to hand. So that way, the actual environment of my living room becomes another cue to sit down and spin. You can also make sustaining a spinning habit or any habit, all of this works for any habit. So um, you can make your habit easier to sustain by linking it to something else that you enjoy. So if you do something that you enjoy while you're spinning, that will serve um, as further incentive to kind of carry through on your habit that day. So lots of people watch television while they spin, listen to a podcast, ahem, or hang out with people you like. I mean, there are lots of different ways to do it, but if you can link something that you already love to spinning, you will likely spin more. Having other spinners in your life with whom you can share your spinning adventures will actually support your habit of spinning. So you want to have people in your life for whom spinning is just a natural, regular part of life. And you can also reinforce your spinning habit, get this, by just deciding that you are a spinner. So once you identify as a spinner, and this is something clear, James Clear explains really well in Atomic Habits, how identity shifts can actually make um, developing and sustaining a habit much easier. So just, just by deciding that you're a spinner, you know, spinners spin. So obviously you're going to spin, you're a spinner, you're going to spin. So, and every time that you actually do spin, you're going to reinforce that identity. So it's this lovely kind of virtuous cycle. When you're establishing your spinning habit, it's really important to make it as easy as possible to sit down at your wheel and get started. Start with reasonable expectations about how long you'll spin. And by reasonable expectations, I mean like two minutes. Um, Just say, I'm going to sit down and spin for two minutes. Of course, you're going to spin longer than that because you'll be spinning and you'll be so happy that you'll just want to do it more. But set a really low threshold for yourself for what, um, what counts as spinning on a given day. Um, This makes it much easier to get started if you're feeling any time pressure or, um, or any reluctance to spin, knowing that it's, you only have to do it for two minutes, um, will just sort of trick yourself into doing it. And as well, be sure that you think about and try to reduce as much friction as you can. And by friction, I mean anything that's going to make it harder to spin. I've already talked about how I spin more when my living room is set up for spinning. That's one way to reduce friction. Um, Here's another one. As I've mentioned, I mostly spin in the evenings. And usually in the evenings, I've had a full day and I'm a little bit tired. 
And at that point in my day, starting a new project feels would feel completely overwhelming to me. I'd have to go downstairs to the basement and pick out fiber and think about, you know, um, you know, any, do I need to spin for any spinning related projects, like for the podcast or for a class? Um, I'd have to think about colors. I'd have to think about breeds. It would be, there would be a lot of decisions. And at that point in the day, I totally have decision fatigue. So if I have to start a new project, I'm probably not going to spin. I'm probably just going to lie down on the couch and, you know, stare at the television. But if when I finish a project, I immediately go downstairs and pick out the next one, or during the day, the next day, I go downstairs and pick out my next project, then I will likely spin the next day. Um, so I'm happy to, you know, in the, in that situation, I'm happy to continue on a project that's already started, but the, um, the bandwidth that it would take me to actually make that set of decisions <laughs> is just too high a bar at that point in the day. Um, so that's what I mean by removing friction. Um, and finally, it's going to be easier to get your spinning habit to stick if you give yourself a little reward at the end of each session. Now, for many spinners, the the feeling that we get from spinning, the sort of emotional um, feeling of, of relaxation and, and contentment that we get from spinning um, is kind of its own reward. And will be sufficient reinforcement. If you really love to spin, spinning, you know, you don't need to then give yourself a Hershey's kiss after you've spun because you've already done the thing that makes you feel good. Um, If that's a little um, abstract for you, or if you're maybe a newer spinner and spinning isn't that relaxing yet, um, one thing that you can do is just get yourself some kind of a habit tracker or make one. There are zillions of these. Um, if you just Google habit tracker uh, and then go to the images, you'll find zillions of them. Um, and you can also use apps for this. Um, I actually use a habit tracking app. Um, and there are a zillion of them. Um, for some people, just checking off the fact that they've done it that day will be kind of sufficient. You do get a little dopamine hit when you do that. Um, This is why we love to check things off our to-do lists and we'll write things down just so we can cross them off. It's for the dopamine hit. Um, So uh, you only you can decide what kind of reward is the right kind of reinforcement for you. Um, but definitely think about that. And the worksheet will prompt you to think about that. All right, darling, that is it for me this week. I sincerely hope that you have found these two episodes helpful in finding more time to spin. I would love to know how the episodes and the, the, uh, guide and the worksheets, how they worked for you. So please feel free to get in touch with me. You can email me at Sasha at sheepspot.com, or you can DM me on Instagram. Uh, But I really would love to know if these episodes have been useful for you. 
I will be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, I hope you are happy and healthy and finding lots of time to spend. Have a good week, my darling. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.